Welcome to the Wannabe Gaming Podcast, episode number 12. It's Tuesday, April 2, 2019. I am Brett Jackson, and joining me, as always, is Michael Dewey. What's up? Hey. hey I'm having a good week as well. Like normal. <laughs> uh, so, want to remind everyone... Well, first off, really, truly, I want to stop and say welcome everybody who is listening, who is new. Uh, I watched the analytics a little bit to see how many people are listening, and we've had a pretty big spike. We had 30 people listen to our episode, which for us is a record, so that's really awesome. So welcome, everybody, um, especially the person who is out in England. We have somebody out in Ooh. England who listened to at least one episode. I don't know if they're continuing to listen, but if so, welcome. Um if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us there at WBGCast on Twitter. And that's also where we will post some different articles that we're talking about, uh, video clips, fun things like that, just kind of engaging the video game community. So if you want to engage with us, uh, answer some of our poll questions, um, yeah, just generally have fun with us. We're there on Twitter. Um, you can also DM us if you want to ask us certain questions and have us talk about certain subjects on the show too. Uh, really, truly anything you want to do and talk about, we're there on Twitter. Um, my own personal Twitter, if you want to follow me, is MichaelDewey99, and that's uh, D-E-W-E-Y. Um, and then Brett Jackson is his, is I am Brett Jackson on Twitter. Uh, also, one other thing, if you get a chance, uh, please feel free to give us a rating or review on wherever you get your podcasts, because we are now pretty much everywhere that I can think of. Uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Google Podcasts. Um, there's a new one called um, Himalaya. We're on Stitcher. Spotify, I think I said that one. But anyways, we're pretty much everywhere. So give us a rating review so that other people can find us and hang out with us as well. Uh, we're pretty much just two dudes who like to talk about video games and other random fun things. So, yeah. We just showed, I just checked, I talked about Plex last week. I know uh, I just searched and we are on Plex now as well. <laughs> oh, we're on Plex. I don't know where that pulls from, but uh, now I can listen. That's awesome. Um, so with today's show, we have some random conversations some kind of fun stories about life and um the video game community in general uh we want to talk about borderlands 3 we're going to call talk about uh, cod blackouts new map and um we're gonna have some shout outs to some three people on twitter that have some pretty cool profiles they have very low following and they have some pretty fun video clips so if you like to watch video clips on tw on twitter like i do um we're gonna give some shout outs to those people towards the end and then we also want to talk about an amazing article. Uh, I tweeted it just a few minutes ago. And so if you want a chance to go read it yourself, it's really long, but it's really cool. It's about Anthem. Um, so check out that and we'll be talking about that later on. So Brett, got a question for you. Yeah, go for it. I'm ready. <laughs> my usual would you rathers is kind of shifting based upon some cool stuff that's coming out right now. So this month is huge when it comes to the video and TV world. So like there's the Avengers end game that's coming out at the end of the month. And then oh, yeah. you also have game of Thrones. It's coming. Um, as far as I know, you've watched both you're into both of those genres and have seen everything. So my question is, and I put a, this poll question up on Twitter as well. So if you 
anybody else who's listening wants to cast their vote, it's up for another 24 hours. Um, but which one, if you had to choose only the Avengers Endgame or the last season of Game of Thrones, you can only watch one and the other one you will never be able to see in your lifetime, which one would you watch? Ooh, I I think that's actually probably, I don't know why it's easy for me, but I'd probably say Endgame. Seriously, I, you wouldn't want to watch Game of Thrones, the I, ending? I really like Game of Thrones, but I I don't think I'm as attached to it as the Marvel Universe stuff. Uh, I I love the we me and my wife both love the Marvel Universe stuff. So I, and it's we both watch Game of Thrones as well. But we're actually it's funny because we just started doing a watching all the Mar trying to watch all the Marvel movies uh, up to when we eventually go see Endgame. Um, we're on thor right now so that's like what iron man one hulk iron man two we're watching him in like release order not chronological order um i I don't like watching him in chronological order just because it's you jump around in like graphics vfx quality and like just the style of what they were doing at that point in time like i like watching them in the order that i originally watched them (laughs) yeah Um, that's true even though it jumps around a bit but yeah, we actually started doing that. I, I don't know. The Marvel stuff is just like, if I had to choose, I I really liked Infinity War. Um, so I I really want to see the conclusion to that series. Game of Thrones, I don't know. I, I like it. I, I, like, I really like it, actually. When we watch it, we get into it. It's just that every season, I feel like we have no we can't remember like anything anything of like what's going <laughs> there's on. There's too much. And it's like, there's too much and just too many like, there's too much drama and it's a little bit too heavy for us to go back and try and rewatch it. So there's always like, you know, we, we do the recaps and try and get acquainted, but, and then it takes an episode or two and then we're usually back in it. So I I'm excited, but it's not like the Marvel stuff, not for us. Yeah. I, I was kind of going back and forth and I think I would actually have to choose the game of Thrones of what I would want to watch. And that's mainly because yeah, my wife and I prefer the game of Thrones series. Serena really likes the, um, Marvel Universe as well so it's not like she doesn't like that one but it's yeah Game of Thrones was just such a big thing for us that really bonding moment in terms of a show that we both love so yeah really really excited about the Game of Thrones I'm really worried that they're gonna just ruin it though to be honest um, in they've what talked way? about well they've talked about how the ending is something that nobody could ever expect and I mean, there's been a lot of speculations and a lot of crazy things. And I just worry that when they try to go too crazy and too big of a plot twist that they actually ruin it on accident. So are they like, I don't really follow Game of Thrones pretty much at all outside of just watching it when it's out is, aren't they like ahead of the books or, you know, actually, that, I don't, I, I don't think, know either. I just watched the show. I never read the books. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I think I heard that at some, I could be totally wrong, but I, we're not Game of Thrones experts, but I, I feel like I heard even like last season, like they, they got ahead of the books. So they're, they're essentially, they're probably still working with, uh, what's his face on like the stories and stuff. But I think they were, they weren't like copying what he'd already written in the books anymore because they went past that. Well, I think there, yeah, I think there were some mixed uh, reports on that. So he was involved with season one and I believe season two. Um, You'll notice when he is no longer heavily involved, when there's less nudity in the show. Um, Oh. (laughs) So like if you, if you kind of pay attention, season one and season two, there's a lot of nudity in there. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then 
afterwards, once he kind of the the original um, author is no longer involved in the movie writing script, um, yeah, the nudity pretty much just drops off. That's weird um, too, because it's like it's still on HBO. Yeah, it's not like they can't do whatever they want. <laughs> I think it's because there's still violence and it's where it started and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, but yeah, I think that I think it was just a little a little bit over overboard on the nudity. Like it was almost like it was not part of it wasn't necessary for the story mm-hmm. um and i think that's what they kind of felt like as well and so i mean there still is nudity in it so if anybody's watching it with their kids watch out um if you care about that um <laughs> Except, but, and if you are watching it with your kids what are you doing <laughs> yeah yeah that's probably true that's probably fair fair enough um probably not a kid show um yeah but uh, but yeah, I, I don't think he's involved in much anymore, and I don't think he they follow the books at all. I oh, don't think okay. It's... Yeah, that that would make more sense. Maybe it doesn't matter too much anymore than anyway. Yeah, and that's kind of why I think that it's so switched away from the ending that no one will ever see coming because it's not going to be the same as the books. So, um, yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see kind of what happens. But that's cool. I'm excited for both. Like to watch that and end game as well i we haven't seen captain marvel yet either so i i'm not that excited about it for i don't know like it just hasn't the trailers and the hype for it hasn't really grabbed me but i want to see it before end game because there's like you know stuff in it i'm sure that will explain some things but uh we're gonna wait i think hopefully until we can get through the everything leading up to that at home <laughs> and then we'll <laughs> go see it might end, end game might be out already but uh hopefully we can maybe get through it close because i don't want to be i don't want to at least get endgame spoiled but um yeah for whatever there is there but it's like do you really think it's going to be that crazy guys you really think everybody's dead no so it, even if it's spoiled it's like it's a marvel movie like i kind of know what's going to happen anyway yeah uh, but that's okay yeah i actually was not i've kind of forgotten about captain marvel to be honest with you like it's yeah it, it's weird because it's just weird just because she's like literally not in anything else uh and not really teased to except for that one time uh like towards the end of the last movie so it's like i don't even really know like her place in you know the universe the universe <laughs> yeah at all but I, i'm sure the movie will clear that up but yeah and actually we just after watching like two iron mans i we always like iron man i think ashley's favorite uh marvel stuff out of the whole thing is usually is iron man and then yeah hearing some talk about the iron man vr thing that we talked about last week oh, i think oh yeah there's that and like no man's sky like there's some of those vr demos that people are actually like starting to experience in the press and report on and supposedly like the iron man vr thing is actually pretty cool <laughs> mm. um which made me and no man's sky vr is actually like really awesome which made me <laughs> for a second just be like oh man okay how much would it cost to get this and then this and then i and then i bailed because it's really expensive it's uh, a pretty big high buy-in point if i already had a playstation i'd probably like i could probably get myself to get over that hump of getting the vr stuff uh for a few of those games but oh, man i don't have a playstation so i'd have to get the console and then I'd have to get the VR thing and the controllers, and then I'd have to buy some games. It's just too much, I think, for right now. And I, my computer, I, I'm assuming, cannot run it, so I don't think I could get a PC one either. Yeah, that's crazy. So you fixed your TV, though. You, oh, yeah, the story I you want to tell TV. us about your TV. What what is what Did was you, wrong with your TV? I can't remember if I told you. I feel like maybe a, month, a few months ago, I probably mentioned something like in our game nights because I was really frustrated 
with it's been I don't know if it's been like six months it's been a while and my TV like my small TV that I use for games um, only which is like 45 inches right <laughs> 40 <laughs> I think it's 43 <laughs> petite um, <laughs> the question then I guess is how big is your big TV um, I think our big one yeah they're like right next to each other in in our big like living room um, our big one is 65 I think 65 nice. i believe we've had that forever it's like not it's a nice set but it's a really old set it's 1080p and but it's like 240 hertz like you know it's not baseline yeah. uh yeah. and my gaming tv is like i just wanted something that i could play on separate from the big one uh so we didn't have to share all the time and that is like pretty much a baseline 4k but it's 60 hertz it's not great uh it's like bare minimum like 4k hdr HDR almost doesn't even work because it's really it doesn't get bright enough to make a difference. So I don't even turn that on. Uh, but yeah, so the TV, I don't know. It's a Samsung, and I've always had good luck with Samsung. But this one, out of the blue, kind of just one day, the volume like wasn't really working anymore. Like every once in a while, it would click. You'd click the volume, and you'd see like the volume go up or down. But it would only go one notch, and you could it go. You couldn't get it to go like up or down any more than one. And then it wouldn't take. So like once you'd get done pressing it, it would just go back to where it was. And huh. I was like, that's really frustrating. And then uh, so I was like, I, I dealt with that for a few weeks because if you like held the button for long enough for like a minute or two, it would eventually like get unstuck. But then it would yeah. eventually get stuck again. So I eventually got like a small sound bar and then to just bypass the volume on the TV. Uh, and then I had to get like a universal remote to control the sound on the soundbar and the TV separately. Uh, so then I went with that for like a, a long time, months and months. And then a few weeks ago, this, uh, like a few more things stopped working. Uh, and on the Samsung TVs, you have like a home kind of button on the body, at least the new ones, like a home menu. And that's yeah. where you get to everything. And that stopped working. Uh, and then, and I tried like, you know, redid the batteries on my remotes, power cycle the TV, factory reset the TV, did all that. Um, and like the home button doesn't work. So I can't get to the menu. So I, I literally can't do anything. So I was like, well, this is fine, I guess. Cause my, it still powers on. It still displays my Xbox. <laughs> so I'll just, <laughs> I'll just leave it. But then I was fiddling with it too much, uh, trying to fix it. And I factory reset it again. But then I didn't think about like, if I factory reset it, uh, it's going to reset all my uh, settings, like my visual settings. And So you don't have Xbox are automatically set. Well, that, but also I got around that. But the main problem is that on Samsung TVs, especially like if game mode is not turned on and you're especially on some of the lower end ones, I think when when you don't have like your uh your display stuff configured exactly the way it's supposed to be for games. It looks awful. Um, and it, and the latency is terrible. Like when you don't have game mode on. So it's just, it just feels awful to play. So I went through like a week or two of, and one game night, I think of ours, just like this sucks. Uh, and, and I was, he still was the leader of kills. Yeah, I was, I was working on it, but uh, man, it was awful. Uh, and then, so I finally, I actually ended up, um, I opened the TV up in the back and I got the motherboard uh, number off of the main, there's like two boards back there, like a motherboard, like a computer one where all the parts go. And then there's like a power supply board on the other side. Uh, and I, I looked it up on eBay and I got a motherboard from just some guy that was selling like, you know, new motherboard from a cracked TV or something 
for like 50 bucks. So I got that. I shipped that like and a couple of days later, this motherboard like arrives in a box. So I opened the TV back up, unplugged all the cables, put the motherboard in, plugged in the cables, turn it on. Works fine. Uh, so now my TV's all fixed. <laughs> uh, and I had to like redo all of my, I had to look up the calibration settings like again to redo, get all that configured. But now my volume's fixed. My display's fixed. It is so nice. Um, and you fix it for 50 bucks. And yeah, that's awesome. And yeah, like, and I should have done that at the beginning because now, like, I have a sound bar and a universal remote that technically I didn't need. But man, the sound bar sounds really nice, though. So I think I'll keep it. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm glad that I don't have to buy another TV because I was debating, like, oh man, do I want a chance trying to do this if it doesn't work or just can it? But yeah, I took a chance. So 50 bucks later, I don't know if I want to advise anybody to do that because I'm not sure if it would work every time. But, I think something just crashed on mine. Like a part must have gone bad or something. The truth is if I try to do that, I probably would not be nearly as successful as you. <laughs> I would, I, you know, I know enough about electronics and enough about uh, things where I can get myself into trouble because I think, you know, I can do this. This isn't too bad. I got this. And then I get down that road and realize, yeah, no, mm-mm. nope, not going to work. <laughs> um, That's I mean, it's kind of like my wife's laptop where, you know, she was having issues with the BIOS and everything. And I thought, okay, I'll just replace the actual battery of her laptop. So I replaced it. That didn't fix it. Then I was like, okay, I'll fix the um, motherboard uh, battery. Then I bought one and it said it was the right brand. Didn't fit right. It was too big of a battery. So then I got a new one, tried it again, didn't work. And I'm like, screw it. So I took it into a guy after spending probably like 70 bucks trying to fix it. So I took it into a computer guy and he's like, yeah, your motherboard or your, uh, yeah, your motherboard is just completely fried. And I'm like, ah, uh-huh. well, I'll just go buy a new computer then. <laughs> Look, computers are the worst. Uh, I haven't like built anything from scratch in a long, long time, but, uh, the TV actually was fairly simple because it's pretty much the board and everything is already plugged into the board and like soldered on. So you can't really it's like you either replace if you replace the board you're replacing the entire computer essentially on the tv um Interesting. so you don't have to like tell if a stick of ram is bad or if your power supply is bad it's, it's like either your motherboard's bad or your power board's bad and that's it um so nice. it wasn't it wasn't too bad but yeah so i'm happy that's fixed so i make i've i've been playing more games this week than i have like the last uh week or two just because i have my fast latency and my better display back that's awesome, man. We gotta we gotta play some games for sure. Then, um, what what have you been playing this week? Um, not anything new, really. I've been trying to finish the Destiny Two campaign, the Forsaken DLC campaign, and I actually I just finished like the mainline, like final cutscene type of thing. There's still a few extra like exotic quests and a few extra things in Forsaken that unlock at the end. I don't know if I'm going to do those just because I don't I don't think I'll play Destiny like for the progression at all. I just wanted to mm. see the story. And it was good. It, the ending was not super satisfying, but Forsaken as a whole from start to finish was way better than anything else they've done in Destiny 2 so far, story-wise. Uh, so I was I was happy with it. And gameplay too. There's There's like a section in the middle where you're kind of hunting down all the, you know, all the Lieutenant General archetype guys for the big bad. And there's like, yeah. you know, six or seven of them, but they all are like really, really different. And they all be- like have boss fights that like mechanically are kind of different uh, for destiny at least, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was actually interesting instead of like 
the usual type stuff that destiny throws at you which is literally just like the same types of encounters over and over yeah uh, so it was cool if you i don't know it's i don't know if i recommend destiny as a whole uh destiny 2 but uh forsaken like is actually pretty fun but i i think that's probably where i'll stop for now because uh, i want to get into some other stuff uh, nice other than that it's just you know a few a few game pass games like bouncing off them here and there and I've been wanting to play Diablo 3 so bad, uh, but I don't have it for console and I don't want to pay full price. So I've been playing that on PC here and there just to get kind of my fix in. Gotcha. What about you? Yeah, my my things is, again, I, I, I surprisingly get sucked into these phone games. <laughs> the ones that there, there's some that are just they just itch. They scratch that itch that I that I have where I want to play a game. But I don't want to be like overly committed, I guess, where if I'm just sitting on the crapper and you and I want to play something. <laughs> um, but I, there's a, a new one on Android called Heroes that I would play in. Um, and it's actually not too bad. It's it's pretty much like a side scroller kind of thing where you just level up heroes and you they, they go and cr- mash just these three different waves of enemies. And from that, you're grinding different items out to then make your heroes better um but like i said it's it's super basic super straightforward there's a lot that you can buy to make your heroes better and stuff i never do that stuff obviously um so it's just kind of a mindless grinder but the game that i have been playing that i'm actually really excited about and the truth be told if it was just me doing a podcast by myself. I probably would skip podcasting just to play it again tonight. <laughs> um, is Battlefront Two the campaign? The, I are you talking about the new one or the old? I think I think somebody had this conversation in our Slack channel earlier today. Of yeah, is it the new one or the old one? So there, so there's my understanding is there's Battlefront, and that came out um, a while ago, and then there was Battlefront Two that came out. Now, is there like an expansion to Battlefront Two that came out that I'm not aware of? Well, no. So the so there there is Battlefront that came out a while ago, and Battlefront Two that came out. But then there is also a whole other set of Battlefront One and Battlefront Two that also came out years and years ago, uh, and <laughs> and on original Xbox, um, at least two, um, maybe on PC as well. But the the original Xbox version of Battlefront Two, the old old one. Uh, just happened to launch uh, yesterday on Games with Gold. That's why our Slack channel was like, which one are you oh. talking about? Because <laughs> I know that we have Battlefront 2 on our game sharing thing for yes. uh, like EA Access or something. But And I've been I've been tempting to... I installed it. I've been tempted to boot that up as well just because I haven't played the campaign at all. I've heard it was like... I'd, I didn't hear like great things about it in terms of like the story, but visually it, it looks awesome. It all, Battlefront Two always looks awesome, but I wasn't sure like the the main character is like a like a, a chick a chick that is on the See, imperial side, the imperial side, and then like maybe she turns or I I haven't heard yeah. a lot about it, but yeah, I I still want to try it, but yeah. So is you've been playing the new one, correct? Correct. It's it's the new one. And yeah, you like the, it. Yeah, I like it. Um, mainly because I like how the first, I like the video games that are the genre that I can get invested in. Star Wars is always going to be that that genre, mm-hmm. and um, the and it does like a good mix of the story and then cutscene for a video. So you can sit there and watch the video for a while, and the graphics on the videos are super awesome. Like they are 
high, high end, which is kind of what makes it really awesome too. Um, the story I would agree has some weirdness to it. That seems a little bit, I don't want to say cheap, but, um, lazy kind of is the way that I put it. So, um, yeah, you start out and you're spoilers for anybody who cares about the story, but, um, you are this chick and you play with her for a while and that's great. Um, no big issues or anything. The story's smooth, but then all of a sudden it cuts and you are Luke and you play Luke for a second on, um, an I on a, um, not an Island, um, on a planet and you're exploring, trying to find something because the force is taking you there and you come across all these Imperials who start shooting at you. So you just go and you're just chopping up Imperial stormtroopers like crazy, <laughs> like just chop, 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 chop. And that's fun. Right. And then you come to this guy who's one of the special forces with the ch- main chick that you've been playing. Yeah. And he's stuck in this like concrete spit stuff from these bugs. And he's yelling help, help. But he doesn't know who he's yelling help to. He thinks he's saying help to the Imperials. And Luke walks in and doesn't kill him. And he's like, wait, why didn't you kill me? And I'm kind of like thinking, yeah, dude, like we just killed literally hundreds of people without even blinking and yet we walk in here and this guy says help once and we're like okay sure we won't kill you and you then help him figure finish his mission as luke and you're like this is so strange um so it just felt really weird with that part but it it in helping him he it gives him the idea that hey maybe we should be doing good things and being better and so him and the main chick defect and then i just started um i'm on naboo right now so they had just defected and they had um helped destroy a star destroyer which was pretty fun and then now we're at naboo right now uh, with and i was about ready to play princess leia so oh, okay um, it's, it's weird that the do you think like that type of stuff sells more copies like being able to because i feel like in especially in the Star Wars universe where you're so already attached to those main characters from the movies and the stories that they told in the movies I'd almost prefer if they just completely left that alone and like Correct. told new stories with new characters that were not connected to like it's it similar to the new trilogy in the movies like they always want to connect it to they they always want to connect everything to like the characters that you already know and like I'm just like leave it alone I feel like that's yeah. what uh Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, which yes. for whatever you feel about the MMO, like it's a probably a mediocre game. It's not great, but the, oh, sto- man, the stories great. are the stories I are amazing. It. I well, yeah. I'm talking about like gameplay wise, like progression system wise. Like I don't, I don't say I'd, it wasn't as good as World of Warcraft. It didn't make me want to switch, but like <laughs> that's I'd, true. I played it for the longest time just to see the story content uh, because they did something in that game that hadn't been done in a long time, and it was really, really well put together. Uh, and it's like none of the characters I'd ever heard of before. I mean, I'm sure there's connections to KOTOR that I didn't pick up on because I'm not super into those games, but I, I just thought they were really well done. And I wish more games would come out that would take the risk and do that, but I know, we're, I guess we're not in that day and age, especially with Star Wars, but... Did you ever play Jedi Knights? Oh, I think so. I'm, I don't really remember much of it, but I know that I've played, I'm pretty sure at least, is there two of them? Yeah, I'm trying to see what the other. I'm trying to remember what the other one was called. 
Um, but yeah, the Jedi Knights, um, um, and like, I think it, oh, maybe it was Jedi Knights and Dark Forces. Maybe that's the, the two, uh, combinations, but, um, and then there was like a third one that I think came out in like two thousands or so, um, where you play as like a non primary star Wars character, but you are force sensitive and the best things that you can do in star Wars games, in my opinion, is have its own character, its own line, its own story. And then as you are completing missions, you like come into a room and you see Han Solo, right? And you don't actually interact with him. You don't actually do anything. You don't go on a mission. You're not Han Solo. You don't play as Han Solo, but all of a sudden you walk in and there's Han Solo or there's Chewbacca or there's, you know, a piece of the universe. So it makes the universe smaller and where you feel like there's a sense of importance and sense of like, you could be anybody in the universe and you could come across the famous people, shall we say of star Wars, but you, you allow your own character and your own journey to happen. That's what people should be doing with star Wars games on a more regular basis. Um, because yeah, I don't I don't like the idea of playing Luke. I don't like the idea of playing Leia or yeah. It just, it just seems like it's never really like I understand like I guess the power fantasy of like oh I want to play my favorite character, but it just seems like it never is well done. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So what I did while we were here talking about Star Wars is I just typed in Star Wars games in the nineties. <laughs> And holy cow, I just went back on memory lane. So, I mean, obviously Dark Forces, one we talked about last week, and that was a fantastic one. I mean, you have the obvious ones too, TIE Fighter, X-Wing, Jedi Knights we talked about. But do you remember Shadow, um, Shadows of the Empire? Shadows of the Empire, what kind of game was that? This is where you played a bounty hunter. I don't know if I remember that one. Oh, man. I don't that know one if was... I probably played all of them either because i was so young i remember some i'm looking at it too i remember some of these very well yeah i played that one i played pod racer um and then the one that made me be like oh man took me back was star wars rebel assault 2 where you play like a character like you play luke and it's all during like the empire strikes back time oh man that's that was a fun game to play oh yeah rebel assault uh, we had that for PC. <laughs> yeah. And of course, my rebellions there too. So I always um, loved Rogue Squadron. Yeah, Rogue I, Squadron was good too. I know. I'm not sure that many of those came out on N64, but like Rogue Squadron, I believe, came out on N64. I think Pod Pod Racing was out on N64 as well. Those are probably the ones that I played the most just from having that console. Oh, the best one, the, in my opinion, this is my personal opinion on the best Star Wars game was... Um, Jedi Outcast. Oh, I recognize the name. I'm trying to remember what that actually is. Uh, Jedi Outcast came out in 2002. So, yeah, that one was so oh, good. yeah, I recognize the box art, too. Yeah, I probably played this at, like, your house or something. Yeah, and honestly, the one game that I never got into, ironically, because of my time when I was where I was at in life and everything, was Star Wars Galaxies. I never actually played that. Yeah. I wish I did. I, I wish I yeah, had. Which, me too. That's a game I always wanted wanted to like. I wish I found this earlier before I got so into World of Warcraft because at that point in time it was like, oh, this game is kind of crap. <laughs> yeah. But there was so much uh, about it that was so cool and so unique in terms of Star Wars, especially at that time. Like there was nothing like it. And it yeah. had like player housing out in 
Tatooine and like just I don't know there was so many cool things about that game but I never played it seriously it was kind of just like just now and then just to experience Star Wars but I don't even think at that point in time I probably even understood MMOs as a genre very well because I was so young yeah well we don't need to talk about Star Wars all the time I could we could literally have a whole podcast talking about Star Wars Um, go decade by decade what yeah one of these one of these podcasts I do want to like not talk about relevant stuff that's happening now but rather like go down nostalgic lane that'd be a lot of fun yeah we should do Um, like we talked about doing like more specific topics of or you know like making more personal lists or something like top five games of something or that just to kind of explore more about like what each of us are into that would be fun if we did maybe something along the lines of like old games that we used to really like yeah if you had to like your top five games to uh that identified your childhood so like what games did you play as a a kid that that would take me a a long time to come up with that list probably like a definitive list but that would be fun we should do it yeah I was gonna say if I had to say right off the top of my head, my top three that I remember the most: Sim Ant, because we had we played oh, that on man. Saturday because yeah, we Sim couldn't Ant. play anything else on Saturdays. Um, <laughs> theme Hospital, and then um, um, Mario sixty four. Those were probably I would definitely put top. Mario sixty four on my list. I I yeah, there's so many like weird computer games that we used to play that I always forget about because uh, yeah. I was I just go straight to N sixty four. So I was gonna say like. Mario 64, maybe Smash and Road Rash. <laughs> oh, Road Rash. I forgot about that one. That's true. Man. Anyways, that's going to be a future episode. Maybe we'll do that next time. I'm getting excited about that episode, so yeah, that'll be I, fun. I'd like to do that. But yeah, moving um, moving forward. Moving on. <laughs> um, I, there's a few announcements. I, I don't know. Like These aren't necessarily things that I know a ton about, but uh, PAX East was what last weekend yeah um and borderlands 3 got announced uh i watched the part of the conference that they announced this this week just like in the background and man it was it was really bad Uh, they had so many technical issues i feel so sorry for the people that were up there because they were like i don't know what his name is but he's one of the he's one of the lead guys there that always presents and they were out there like doing wanting to get hyped and do all the trailers they had a, a bunch of trailers for like borderlands 3 they're doing like a remaster of borderlands 1 i think that they're releasing for retail now and they're doing like a 4k hd update for the borderlands collection that was already out on new consoles so a bunch of stuff oh, okay. but they just kept playing trailers and then like the trailers would either not work when they like tried to play them on the big screen or they'd like stutter over and over or the audio wouldn't work. And then like you could tell that there was like some IT guys maybe behind a curtain that they kept like looking at like, is it going to work at this time? <laughs> and then it, they kept re- retrying and like restarting the videos and then it wouldn't work again. And it, man, it was just so awkward. Uh, but I feel bad for them. But shoot. Did they, did they tell everybody pull out their cell phones and <laughs> look at it? Just watch it. Phones. It's on YouTube already. <laughs> yeah. Like it leaked two <laughs> days ago. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, apart from the awkwardness of the conference, Borderlands 3, uh, I don't know if the release date's out yet or if it's like been speculating oh, on what so the date is. so that got teased. Yeah. So okay. on April Fool's, um, there was a release on their Twitter that said um like the battle begins september 13 
um, and get your gold pack or something like that, something to that effect okay. at the same time. And then it immediately got deleted. Was that and the whole thing with the Epic Store? Like, Yes. Okay, because I heard, I heard the debacle about that, about like the Epic Store logo was in the corner and Steam steam is nowhere to be found and then people took that to be like it's going to be an epic store exclusive at least for launch which has been happening to a lot of games lately uh at least third-party ones and people are mad and i <laughs> i would probably be mad i guess maybe i don't know i don't play a lot of stuff on pc so it's hard to kind of picture what i would feel about about it it's not good for the industry i don't like it but i don't know what to say so since I didn't read that article, that portion of it, um, what I'm thinking I'm hearing you say is that um, if it it would be if you wanted to play it on PC, you'd have to get it on Epic Store. You couldn't get it off of Steam. You couldn't get it off of any other locations, but it would still be available on like PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah, yeah? essentially. Yeah, they're pa- basically what Epic is doing is throwing money at these third party publishers to have timed exclusivity on their storefront so they don't release on steam at the same time they don't release anywhere else on pc except for epic for you know a while six months a year uh whatever they've done that a bunch of times now and i don't know i mean there's other people microsoft did that a lot too in the in the past couple years like paying for timed exclusivity and it's just like on any platform it's just not good like i don't like it but i guess it, putting myself in like the dev or the publisher's role, it's probably more the publisher publishers who are taking these deals because they're the ones responsible for like, where do we sell this? How are we going to get the most profit and the most users eyeballs? And it's yeah. like Epic has so much freaking money. So yeah. like I wouldn't be surprised if they were like getting more money guaranteed, like even with way less copies sold at launch just from taking the deal. And as the publisher, like if you're responsible for making that game as successful as it can be for that studio, like <laughs> you're doing your jobs. Like, what are you supposed to do? I Like, are you supposed to be the publisher or developer to like, you know, no, we're not going to take the deal because we're going to make less money because we want to stick up for the consumer. I, I guess that's noble of you, but I don't, I don't expect them to do that. Yeah. So it's frustrating, but... I, I don't know what else what else to be said except like if you don't like it don't buy it on Epic don't buy it on the Epic Store like wait for it wait for it yeah. on somewhere else and protest that way but I don't think that'll work because they have so much money but at least that's that's the only thing I can think of to do as a consumer if you don't like it yeah that's really interesting but yes Borderlands three did get announced yeah um, and it, it looks got leaked like, and then came out so. it looks like Borderlands <laughs> yeah um I yeah. I don't know a lot about Borderlands I've played through at least two and the pre-sequel because they were in that like the remastered version that came out on consoles uh but i mean they're cool i i don't have much else to say the the humor like the they have a lot of like humor and the writing is just kind of like wacky and i that's not really like usually something that i love so yeah and it's not bad but it doesn't turn me off but it's not i don't really get into it a ton but i like the like the mechanics of it and the progression and the looting is fun. I think it'd be way more fun to play in co-op like with our group of people, but yeah, I'm not sure if that's the game that's going to, you know, that's that I'm going to want to try and convince everybody to go out and buy. Yeah. I remember I played it when our uh, Borderlands one came out and um, 
I tried playing it with Trevor Congleton and it was just like, eh, I got it on PC and I just remember being not really that into it. The art was unique. Oh, and yeah, I just the like stuff. Yeah, I, I yeah, think I'm it, in that same boat of it looks cool like when you see a few a shots, but I, I, I get tired of it really fast and I'm just like, oh, I just wish this looked way better, better. <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like it looks great i guess for that what they're going for but i don't know i was hoping that with borderlands 3 they would at least figure out some way to kind of make it look newer or like more modern but it looks exactly the same to me at least in the trailer that they showed hmm yeah it it does look very much the same as well um I mean, it might be worth giving it a shot if it if we have a decent price for it or something. But yeah, and I, and I totally would. It's it's something that I'll I would probably play even by myself eventually. Yeah, like if it's on Game Pass or on a on a good sale or something for me. But yeah, if you yeah. like Borderlands, I'm sure you'll like it. <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much right now the the market is being saturated with battle royales. Like that's like the new the new hotness for first person shooters. It seems like. Um, and along that line, Black Ops is trying to get involved in it. They have now released it to be uh, public or free for the month of April. So you can play Black Ops, their Battle Royale for free, which we may want to actually try that this weekend. Yeah, I actually... I've never... It's fun. It's better than uh, a lot of the other ones, at least, that we've tried before. It's better than PUBG. It's way more stable and the mechanics are better and the guns just feel better to me at least because i'm used to cod and you probably are too for at least compared to something like PUBG. yeah but yeah the new map is alcatraz and that's coming out yeah while they go push push to go free for a month to try and get everybody in and i'm not sure it said the new map is on playstation and then like to other platforms to follow so i'm not sure if it's going to be out on xbox like right away or if it'll be a week or two but so i don't know i guess it's cool oh. that they have another map it looks interesting because it's way smaller it's like close quarters battle royale almost which seems interesting uh i would imagine for call of duty it actually might work a little bit better just because it's already like you're already used to playing that type of game like really really close and but i want to see how it changes up the flow of the game though but i don't know it's going to be hard going to going back to that even though i I liked it but it's going it's going to be hard after apex yeah. So, I mean, I think I know what your ranking's going to be, but if you had to rank the Battle Royals out there right now, I mean, you have Apex, you have Battlefield 5, COD, PUBG, Fortnite. So there's five different ones out right now. Am I missing any? I don't think so. At least not I'd major, say those, major ones. Yeah, it's, that's going to say these are probably the major five. If you had to rank the five, what would you do? I think pretty much universally our whole group would say Apex. And that's what I've been hearing like pretty much everywhere. Everybody loves Apex right now. Uh, yeah, I would say Apex is number one. And yeah. pretty. And if you were going to do tier ranking, which if for anybody who knows tier ranking, that's like a fantasy football type thing. So like you go by tiers of and you put people within different tiers. Um, I would say Apex is literally by itself. And if you were to put one in there in terms of the worldview, I'd say maybe Fortnite. Maybe Fortnite. Because, I mean, that probably but has population more popularity than Apex even still, I would imagine, um, yeah. by far. But I do not like Fortnite. No. Uh, but it's not to say it's a bad game. It's just that I don't like the the flow of it and I don't like the style and the, I don't know, Apex is just, it, it plays so good. 
Um, yeah. And it, it, it's no nonsense. <laughs> I mean, to a point. <laughs> I just could never get around the like the, the building in Fortnite and having to deal with all that. I don't want it. I don't and want Mary any of the Poppins game. flying. And yeah, like all the silly stuff that they do. I'm kind of like, eh. And they update it like every week with a whole bunch of different rules and different like stuff stuff like i don't need any of that i just want like a solid mode that i can practice over and over again and apex is that yeah so i would put kind of along the lines like fortnite is still obviously worldwide like it's up there it almost i'd put it on the same along lines as apex but for me personally maybe like a notch under uh yeah and then i don't know out of the other ones for me personally call of duty would probably take the next slot um just because blackout is it's really solid. It plays really well. Uh, we haven't played it that much, but me and Brian yeah. played for like a few weeks, just a few rounds here and there. And man, it it just feels like, oh, it's PUBG, but it works every time. <laughs> or like it doesn't <laughs> look like junk uh, yeah. on my Xbox. So PUBG or Call of Duty would have to take it. I We haven't played the Battlefield 5 one, but from what I've seen, it looks amazing and it plays like junk. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of campers in that now from what I'm hearing. And they haven't, they just didn't, um, it seems really, really rushed. So they didn't figure out a lot of the kinks. Like like there's an issue in a video that I watched with like, there's no system in the game yet for like looking at a bunch of stuff on the ground and picking up what you want specifically. Kind of like PUBG Hmm. or Call of Duty have where you can press like a button and it'll give you, here's everything in the, uh, you know, a vicinity radius around your character. Choose what you want to pick up. So Battlefield doesn't have that. So if you're standing on too many items and you don't have enough inventory space, but you see like a gun that you want in the pile, there's no way to get it <laughs> because oh, you, like you'll just pick up like randomly what it thinks that like you need to pick up in that giant pile of junk. Uh, mm. So they'll probably add that in, but it just feels, wow, how could you, how did this get out? But I'm sure that they feel... See, another reason why Apex is amazing, they put all the loot in a box that you literally sort through. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's no, there's like no need to have even a system like that where you have to like go through a pile of stuff on the ground because everything is so like big and colored and easy to spot like what it is and it just works so well. And they, they yeah. took out all the crap that I didn't like about dealing with PUBG or even Call of Duty uh, to an extent because that has some of the same like... I don't know what type of ammo this is and where this is supposed to go. Like, and I know that you'll probably get over that if you play the game enough, but I just, I'm not into battle Royales enough to want to do all that work. And apex was like, Oh, I've played two games of this. And now I know all the stuff I need to know. I just suck at it. But that's where I like to be. Where it's like, yep. Oh, I know exactly what I need to do. I just, I just, I'm not doing it right. Uh, yeah. But with call of duty and, and PUBG, it's like, I'm, I suck at it, but I also am confused and I, or I'm pressing the wrong buttons or I'm like putting, you know, picking up the wrong items or Apex took, take out, took out almost all of that, um, friction. So Battlefield, I would say almost it's hard, probably below PUBG at the moment. Oh really? At least on PC because PUBG on PC has gotten patched a lot and I, it, I, I would imagine people still play it, but Battlefield just seems like they don't have any of the necessary like game systems or things in there that you need to have for it to be like fun and long-term playable. PUBG doesn't look great like it never did, but at least it's has all those systems in place and they've ironed out a lot of those kinks. 
It's it's funny how I would I would rank them very similarly. I would put PUBG at the bottom right now. Uh, it's personally. pretty bad on Xbox. It I haven't yeah. played it in a, in a little while, but at least from what I've seen, it's still pretty bad. And I know their yeah. development cycle on Xbox is way behind uh, where it is on PC, but. Yeah, well, they they recently said as well they don't plan to make another PUBG two or anything like that. Like they just have no plan to do that. And I'm just like, at that point, they just kind of disappear into nothing. Like I just feel like PUBG is gonna become a nothing burger pretty quickly because all these other industries are coming into it and doing their doing so much better at it. Yeah. And I don't think they could hand like. I think it's probably for them. I don't know what how they you know go out, but if they did come out with a PUBG two, like I don't even know if they have the studio or the talent to compete with these big, huge companies that are coming in with all this polish and all this money and these top tier AAA development teams. Like, yeah. I don't know if you can compete with that. Where I I know that Blue Hole is like, you know. They probably have really talented people over there, but they're not. <laughs> it's not the same as like some of these AAA like development teams that have been making AAA games globally like for so long. So they have all the all the stuff they need to have to have like a nice polished game. And Apex is just like a perfect example of that. Um, whereas like they made Titan, they knew how to make shooters really really well. They just hadn't quite hit it yet. So they're like, oh, let's just make one of these because we can do it better than everybody. Yeah. Um, and epic to an extent like Fortnite is polished as polished as nothing else it's just not for me yeah and the truth is is they they've got they, they've got a long ways to go with everything to make it even somewhat comparable to the rest of the the battle royales and stuff so i don't know i think people are going to die out in terms of the um battle royales after maybe 10 to 15 years um that long i I hope it oh man i hope it's not that long really well at least i hope that it doesn't continue being like a fad that everybody needs to chase for that long because yeah you have to learn from some of these like the mmo fad that you know we lived through that entire thing of like where uh it's kind of niche and now it's the biggest thing in the world and now every company's making one and they're all failing (laughs) uh and i feel like you know apex to me and fortnite as well like our two that's it like do you really think there's going to be a, a three or fourth a third or fourth player that's going to take like a huge percent of the market anymore i don't i don't know if it's even possible yeah i i mean unless battlefield gets their act together you know to, to be honest like battlefield needs to stick with their bread and butter and what makes them you know valuable which is the 60 on 60 massive type battle games mm-hmm. not battle royales it's not built Um, for it yeah it's not built for it it's not the right kind of genre cod was able to pull it off because in a sense they're kind of that way where it's such a fast-paced game it's literally like lemmings where you run out shoot die run out shoot die run out shoot die like it's literally that fast all the time that you could easily kind of integrate that kind of game into it um so yeah i think that it's going to be pretty much apex and cod um, and Fortnite that are the top three. Yeah. And that, I just don't, I mean, I guess, you know, if, if other games are going to launch free to play, uh, similar to the Apex and Fortnite, it's not that maybe people won't try them, but I just don't see them people being able to catch how, 
how much polish and how many features are already in those two games. Uh, and Call, yeah. of, Call of Duty, like you said, I think Blackout could probably take third place, like a solid third place. It just kind of depends on where they're going with future Call of Duties as well. I guess maybe that's what they're trying to test this month with making it free and seeing like, hey, does everybody like it when it's free? Does everybody, is everybody going to download it and play? Uh, maybe we <laughs> should spin this off immediately uh, into a free free to play thing. But And I could see that happening, but I guess we'll see next year's this year's call of duty who knows what will happen yeah well i want to give some shout outs to some people on twitter um you know before we were highlighting certain videos um that i thought were funny or humorous and realizing on a podcast that's really not the best medium to talk about videos that are awesome um (laughs) but rather I think it'd be kind of fun to still connect with the gaming community and encourage people to go follow them on Twitter um, as well as see what they have out there. And so we have three people that I found um, who post a lot of their own gameplay. Um, I tried to find also people who didn't have a lot of followers um, because, yeah, I like shouting out to the little people like us. I mean, that's kind of who we are. We're the average Joes out there who um, don't have a large following or anything, but still want other people to to know about us and so the first person we'll talk about is Kristen her gamer tag is actually kind of funny um it's hot and swatty 21 <laughs> so um i don't know if the swatty is due to like the fact that she f- swats at things a lot um but her profile says i love video games halo's my jam just started streaming and i hope i never have to leave my house again that pretty much sums up what we are you know we don't ever want to go to work again if we could stay at home play games and talk about it all day that would be the dream uh for sure so we totally get where you're coming from Kristen. um let me bring up the next person um do 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 oh my my wi-fi downstairs is a little bit slower than my computer because i have my computer actually connected um the next one is frosty psycho 22 so that um his twitter is f uh psycho so p-s-y-c-h-o 22 and he says hello i'm an entertainer on video games and i hope to bring you lots of funny or cool content in the future um so he's a pretty fun guy he does a lot of random uh clips and stuff like fortnite um and i've seen a few other ones and stuff like that but he seems like a pretty fun follow if you're interested in fortnite specifically um, oh, and like I said, Kristen, she's really interested in Halo. So if you're a big Halo fan, she posts a lot about Halo. Um, the other person we'd like to talk about is Bear473Dark. Um, his name is BearWarBear473. Um, and his profile is just the god of TKO and troll. So if you don't want to listen to a troll... He may be a troll, um, but he he does post some really interesting things about like Grand Theft Auto is on there. Um, he had a really great shot on Black Ops 4 that he was playing. Um, and of course, he has Fortnite as well. So give him a follow if you're interested in what he has. Um, all these people seem to be posting quite a bit of uh, video game footage just of what they're playing and, and stuff like that. So. There's your shout outs to those three people. One more time, Bear473Dark, FP Psycho22, 
and hot and swatty 21. Props to new creators. I feel like it reminds me of what we're doing right now and trying to figure out if there's any possible way that we can break into the market. <laughs> right. But there's got to be. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually it'll get We'll just there. keep recording. And it'll just... It will, it'll happen. What, what is that? Like if you just... Uh, insanity is repeating the same uh, task, expecting a, set, a different result. So if we don't continue to see growth and we keep doing this... We just keep telling ourselves it will, it'll, it'll come around, right? Yeah, the it'll algorithms will take care of it. Yeah. Well, I, I will say, though, it's been really fun to watch the growth. I mean, our very first episode, we had like, well, four people who listened to it, um, which was pretty much us who played on Friday night. And like I said at the beginning of the show, we had a show that had 30 people listen to it already. So it's slowly growing. So we're having fun. Hopefully you guys are too. Um, the last thing we wanted to talk about is actually my favorite topic so far, mainly because of the article. Um, who wrote the article, Brett? Uh, it's Jason Schreier over at Kotaku. He's editor-in-chief at Kotaku, and he's been there for a long time. And he writes a lot of good editorials from time to time. He's usually kind of like just put up as the investigative reporter of the for video games like across the internet because not a lot of people in the industry do what he does and he kind of goes out he just has a lot of connections i would imagine just from being in the industry for so long uh and he is a really good writer <laughs> um and he goes out and you know a lot of times gets these sources who knows how but uh a lot of times they're anonymous um, because they don't want to be on record of like who's saying what a lot of times they're current employees of companies that he's writing about, uh, which is the case here. And yeah, he it's a lot, really interesting to read a lot of his stuff. He also has a book, um, as well that he published, I think like a year or two ago. Yeah. Blood, sweat and pixels. Yeah. I haven't read it, but it would, it would probably be really interesting to read it. Yeah. I mean, to get, just to give a shout out to, to Jason on here for those who don't know him, the book is about, uh, it's behind the scenes, uh, for video games like Uncharted 4, Destiny, Star Wars 1313. Um, so very, very cool. And if you read his article that we just, we tweeted it at the beginning of the episode. So you can go to our Twitter, WBGCast, um, and see the article. And it's super in-depth and behind the scenes on what is the fall apart with Anthem. Um, I know some people like to play Anthem. It seems to be a hit and miss with whoever you're talking to. We have talked about Anthem in length a lot. and how we we decided not to pursue the game as our group game. And the primary reason is we could easily tell that it was not fully fleshed out and well-developed. It had a great concept, uh, but it was missing a few things. And what's interesting is this article talks about the dysfunction in Bioware and how it was, it's deeper than just a game coming out and sucking uh, that the employees were, were dealing with anxiety and depression on a huge level. The amount of stress that was involved in specifically um, Anthem and what was the other one? Um, Andromeda was the, yes, the Mass Effect you. game that came out prior to that was the the big bio game that came out prior to anthem that uh, was also that a big was, fail. was also a big failure yeah at least looked upon as a big failure uh, and it's not it's not even that bad of a game anymore uh but yeah. it, it didn't perform uh the way it needed to um but yeah he got 19 people who work 
either worked past tense or currently work at Bioware, um, specifically on the Anthem project to come out and talk about it. And there's some really interesting things like, I guess Anthem wasn't supposed to be called Anthem. Um, that was supposed to be, um, what did they, were they going to call it? Uh, Beyond is Beyond, the, the title yes. that they were planning on. And then I guess going up to, they already had like t-shirts printed for their, their staff to wear like at, I think this was going up to E3. Yeah, E3. Um, and then I guess like that ended up being like, oh shoot, this is going to be too difficult to trademark, so we got to switch it. And then they pulled Anthem yeah. out. I it sounds like they called it Anthem, which was one of the backup names, I guess, but this was before yeah. like any of the lore was written, I think. Uh at least a lot of it. And maybe some of it, but you know, I I don't think they had a as you can tell, if you read the article, they did not have a plan in place for almost anything, um, at least for the, the longest time. They kept it pretty small, low-key. Um, you had to have a certain access level to be able to learn anything about this game. Yeah, even internally. Um, it's like There was like a password on the wiki for all the Anthem stuff, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, and it just it's a very very interesting article i mean the truth is it's 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 huge so if you're going to read it it's going to take you a little while probably to get through it unless you're like a super speed reader um but yeah like they talked about how the staff would just there's one staff member who would go to a random office close all the blinds and close the door and just cry because there was so much pressure and so much stress going on there the leadership was not um very good. They weren't good at explaining their their vision. They weren't good at taking criticism. And it just sounds like a completely toxic environment to be in. Um, there was two different campuses for Bioware that were working on this project. The one in Edmonds, Canada. Canada um, and then the down in Houston, Texas, I believe. And one of the campuses was pulling their weight more than the other, which then caused animosity, which then there was just even more breakdown. Um, they said that, you know, this game got released seven years ago as like a teaser and saying, hey, this game's coming out. But it wasn't until the last 18 months before the game released that any development actually happened on the game. Yeah, that's what, which is that's what I thought was crazy. Like, because there's, yeah, at least six, seven years of of talking development time which is like what they've kind of said uh previously but yeah from what it sounds like it was really almost the last just year uh for some of it was like actually they had like a year maybe a year and a half to make the game uh and the four years before that were literally just like pre-production stuff like and a lot of it was like scrapped redone a couple times and like they didn't actually start making the game uh, a year, year and a half before launch. So I understand why there's all this talk of crunch and stress and, you know, people leaving. They, they talk a lot of, about like how the culture there a lot of times would be people would just leave and they'd be gone for like a month or three months. And oh, yeah. It was because like they said like oh you knew then that person just like had a literally like probably had a mental breakdown and they had to leave like to to recover mentally and then they would sometimes just leave for good and they wouldn't come back or sometimes they'd come back after a month or a few months and man it just sounds i mean i know miserable. you hear yeah it sounds miserable i know i know you hear about like crunch and that's talked about a lot like especially this past year or two like with different companies of 
like crunch being just just this kind of like really touchy subject for developers and development studios that you know really are pushing hardcore at the end but this sounds just like a nightmare um it's the the interesting thing i took away i haven't read the whole article but i i've skimmed most of it one thing i thought was interesting was that a lot of them point to dragon age inquisition which is the the game yep. that came out before this was previous before mass effect andromeda that was the previous like big bioware game and yeah they actually said like the success because dragon age inquisition did very well uh it even got i think game of the year award at the game awards that year uh and it, a lot of game of the year awards like or at least discuss it, talk of it like on a lot of editorial sites and that kind of thing um but they point to that as being like because dragon age inquisition succeeded was the reason that like they that all this is happening and they almost point they to it as it like they wanted it to fail because dragon age inquisition the development cycle for that was similar to this and where it was like really nobody's making decisions it's all loaded on the end there's so much crunch so much stress uh just so much mental like disasters for all these employees that if if this is a success this is just going to encourage them to do this again um and i th- i think that it sounds like that's kind of what happened is that like dragon age inquisition was kind of like just all up in the air and they crunched really hard and they put out a, a good game at the end of the line but nobody learned anything from how you're supposed to run a studio and treat your employees and how you're supposed to deal with it uh so that they just it ended up happening again and then again uh and that's led to now like two crit- critical failures <laughs> um essentially at least in terms of sales numbers and critical reception nobody nobody's been saying good things about anthem and they didn't say anything good about mass effect andromeda for the longest time yeah they he talked about how people described the work as a hockey stick uh, where it'd be kind of flat for a short amount of time and then spike straight up in terms of how much work you had to do and crunch 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 get it all done and they talked about how there's the like a saying there or a, a feeling that they called it bioware magic um And what they call that is you just work really hard and it will eventually just work itself out. And to me, when I hear that, I'm just like, oh, man, that's a terrible motto. Like it should never be. Yeah, work really hard and it will just automatically fix itself. Like, no, you need to be more intentional. You need to be more direct um, and strategic. And yeah. Um, So anyways, it's it's very interesting. I'm curious to see if there'll be any sort of response from Bioware on this article. They're actually, let me go to this update real quick, because they actually did respond already. Um, And they posted a blog post earlier. Oh, okay. I haven't read that blog post. Scrolling through this huge long article to try and get to the update (laughs) (laughs) on my tiny little phone. It'll get there. Yeah, Brett Brett has a massive TV, but not a, a massive phone. Yeah, it's know? an XL, but still pretty tiny with these little Kotaku articles. Uh, so basically, I don't, I didn't read the whole Bioware post, but this was earlier today. Uh, they basically put up kind of a rebuttal to the article saying like, you know, we... This is a great place to work, and we value our employees <laughs> yeah. and our work home life. <laughs> and not even kind of that, like I, at least not that I can see. I'm I'm reading like the quotes from Kotaku because they updated kind of what the response was. But 
here's one quote like from the Bioware post. It says, we chose not to comment or participate in this story because we felt there was an unfair focus on specific team members and leaders who did their absolute best to bring this total, totally new idea to fans. We didn't want to be part of something that was attempting to bring them down as individuals. Uh, so they're kind of just, you know, taking shots at the article because, and I mean, it does call out specific, maybe not a lot of specific people. There is a few specific like higher up people that they call out <laughs> a few times Um but it's more like the general targeting, like just the leadership was not there for this project. And it sounds like other projects as well to just make any decisions and have some sort of direction and to be able to nail things down. Um, and yeah, it sounds like that's that was one of the big problems. Um, and they go on to say the struggles and challenges of making video games are very real but the reward of putting something we created into the hands of our players is amazing. People in this industry put so much passion and energy into making something fun. We don't see the value in tearing down one another or one another's work. We don't believe articles that do that are making our industry and craft better. Uh, so they're they're kind of calling okay. out Kotaku, but so, I, I can't agree with them in any sort of sense because if you, if you trust anything that Jason Schreier is reporting... Uh, they need to clean up their act or or they're going to bioware is going to be sunk yeah so man that statement like <laughs> made me mad yeah, like just crazy. listening to it it makes me mad because i've wor- i've worked at places where the leadership is more worried about feelings and more about like patting people on the back and helping people feel good about themselves even if they have an absolutely crappy idea and an absolutely terrible situation that it's like we it hurts people it hurts the company it hurts everything when somebody comes with a bad idea and instead of telling people hey you know i appreciate your input but we're going to go a different direction Uh, because there's a nice way to say it you don't have to tell people that their idea is crap and move on but having people who are actually good at what they do and not it just seems like these people who are in leadership are there in political leadership, not talent leadership. Um, yeah, there's just like a big disconnect in in the people maybe leading the decisions and like the people like reviewing the demos. It talks about a situation in here. Uh, I, I can't find the guy's name, but it's one of the higher ups uh, over there that was like the person kind of responsible for they were he was the one that they were pitching the first demo to or like one of the demos that they were going to present. And back then it sounded like Anthem, uh, they kind of cut flying in and out of the game. <laughs> and when they pitched this original demo to him, the, the the leads on the development team had cut flying out of the game. They were saying like, no, we're not going to do this. It just doesn't work like for what we want to make. Uh, and it's breaking too many things. Like it's making the world like you're just going to fly over everything. It doesn't make sense. So when they pitched it to him, it was just on the ground. Uh, and a lot of other stuff was different too. But the original, the visuals were like way toned down. It didn't look as nice. But a, the original demo that he saw, he said like, this is awful. You guys need to clean this up. Uh, and he said, you need guys made, make this look better. Uh, but then it sounded like they turned around another demo for him, basically only focusing pretty much on like, we need to make this look as pretty as possible. And that's when they added flying back in to kind of add some, you know, <laughs> make it look cooler, make it feel like just more visual, like stunning. And then they pitched yeah. that to him and he was like, 
this is amazing. I love it. You guys need to do this. This is awesome. Uh, and they, it sounded like that demo that he loved is kind of then what they built their like E3 2017 like walkthrough demo around. And then that ended up being like, oh shoot, this is the game now. We have to make this. Uh, because <laughs> uh, like it or not, uh, a lot of the demos at E3 actually don't exist yet. Uh, a lot of it's fake, which sucks. Yep. But a lot of the, especially in the AAA, a lot of it ends up being fake or staged or you would hope that they don't lie too much but at least with this anthem one i mean you can go back and watch the video uh, the video links are in the articles as well so uh, it's it's totally different like in a lot of stuff doesn't have load screens a lot of stuff has like way more dynamic elements than is in the current game or like monsters running through the screen or like all that none of that exists anymore like it's so crazy it is a big downgrade and i I'm almost surprised, maybe there was, but I didn't see a ton of backlash like right at launch for this isn't the game you promised us type of talk. Uh, and maybe it's just because the game wasn't very good, so there was other stuff to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> but I've, there's too many other things to focus on. There's been a lot of other big AAA games where that was the the launch talk was like, hey, this, is, this isn't in here, and this was in the video two years ago. And like, if you go back and watch the video for Anthem, like, man, it's nothing like that. It's crazy, and I think that's that's the one conversation that stuck out to me. Uh, uh, and the rest of the leadership talk is like the leadership seems like was a big problem in not making decisions or like not being able to give clear direction on like what they were supposed to be doing. <laughs> and the other big thing that stuck out to me was Frostbite Three, uh, which is the game engine that EA uses for everything, and I think they pretty much say it like it's mandatory for their AAA studios. Like you have to use Frostbite, and it sounds like the developers hate it. <laughs> Interesting, uh, because it's just so hard to work with, and it it wasn't built for every genre. Even though they use it for every genre, <laughs> it was built <laughs> by originally by Dice. Uh, who make Battlefield, and it was made specifically for Battlefield um, by the Swedish studio. And then after that point, like with success with it with Battlefield, they kind of said like, "Hey, let's let's use this in everything." They use it in like FIFA and now, and like they used it in like Need for Speed, and hmm. they used it in Dragon Age Inquisition and Andromeda, and a lot of the tool sets and the feature sets that they need in those types of games just don't exist in frostbite whereas if you used something like unreal it's like they already have systems there that you can kind of use and build off of to make like an inventory management system or like a multiplayer online framework system for an mmo type game like frostbite just doesn't have any of that so they either have to like mm. make it from scratch or kind of hack together other systems and it just sounds like it, there's talk about like nobody would fix bugs because because if you're working with a regular engine like Unreal, it's like, oh, it might take you, you know, a few ten minutes to fix a bug, so you'd you'd fix it before you move on. But with Frostbite, it might take you a week to figure out how to fix it, so you'd just hack it together as quick as you can and just ignore it. Uh, it just sounds, man, it sounds terrible. It sounds just like an awful environment to do development work. And yeah, as much as they talk up Frostbite three, and I mean, we've talked about Frostbite three in length, uh, especially in regards to Battlefield. Like, I know me and Brian have talked about it a bit. And, I mean, it's always kind of like a like a buzzword almost that they use, like, oh, it's built on Frostbite, so it must look real good. And Anthem looks real good, but it sounds like it's a nightmare to work with on the development side. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, honestly, listening to what this article talks about, it reminds me of a lot of like some bad work environments that I've been in myself with terrible leadership and that I think that they need to clean house. I mean, they really, truly need to clean house. And, um, you know, it, it sounds like looking at the history of Bioware, they mentioned how there's been lots of veteran um, good employees leaving the company for the last few years mm-hmm. to where um, potentially that means that they promote people within who have been there for a little while or are somewhat connected with someone who is a boss. And so those people are getting promoted unnecessarily, in my opinion. Um, and that's what I worry about for the company is that if they don't address this and really truly take on the idea of letting some of these people go or reassigning them to be non-leadership type people, then they will, they're, they're going to absolve into nothing because the last two games have been ter- terrible and I don't think they'll be able to get out of that with leadership. I mean, the truth is it's kind of like when you look at a sports team, you know, you can, you had the, I'll use my, my favorite team, the Kansas city chiefs back in the day before Andy Reid came by, they were a terrible team. They had, um, a very rough environment. Um, they kept switching coaches every few years, which is the leadership. And then they brought Andy Reid in. And in his first year back, they had an amazing season. Now, they didn't have a brand new roster. They didn't have a brand new, um, you know, everything. They brought in new coaching staff. They brought in all that kind of stuff, which good leadership is so important to any organization. I think that is potentially the number one thing. If you have good leadership, you can do pretty much anything you want. Um, But finding people who are good leaders is just as hard as finding people who are good programmers and good coders and good everything else. Like, yeah, it just sounds like there's a big leadership issue. And when, when the, when Bioware comes out with their article saying we support our leaders because they put their heart and soul into this game. Well, I'm sorry, but I don't care if it's your heart and soul, if your heart and soul is crap, like I know that's a little harsh to say, but it's like, that's what it is. I I can put, here's the deal. I am not a good story writer. I am not a good coder. I am not in that industry. But if I put my heart and soul into this project and it comes out as crap, I do not deserve to be told, hey, it's okay. You did your best. So we shouldn't be mean to you because you did your best. Like, no, like I did a terrible job. So I should not be in that position. Anyways, I'm going to get off my my tangent for a second because seriously like hearing those are that that stuff literally makes me so frustrated because i've i see it all the time even in every everyday jobs people get put in the wrong position because they are connected with bosses not because they're good leaders themselves yeah what well, yeah and it makes you i don't know i just feel terrible for the development staff over there at in any of those bioware studios i mean i don't you know you you don't know a lot of the details i guess but it's like you can just imagine it's like they don't have any say in what engine they're using so they're forced to use frostbite 3 to develop whatever they're supposed to make and it's like they're not the ones making the decisions on features and like the direction of the game and man it just sounds awful and and a year a year and a half is is not enough time to make what anthem 
is supposed to be uh, not even close. So it's like I seven years would have been a good time frame. Yeah, it would have been great <laughs> if they'd started at the beginning of their development cycle. But man, it just it seems rough. And I don't know if if all the stuff in the article is like is completely accurate. And it sounds like this type of culture and this type of stuff for Bioware has been going on since Inquisition. So I don't know how they kind of pull out of it. If if this has been three, three AAA development cycles long and one of them just happened to be a success and the other two flopped, like, where do they go from here? Do they, like, I mean, like you said... Like, Can they afford a third flop? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, at least, not that EA can't afford it as the publisher, but I don't think EA would afford it. I think they would shut Bioware down uh, and just be done with it. I mean, they've shut tons of other studios down uh, after either not being successful enough or that type of thing. I think Bioware is one of the biggest ones if they were to shut it down. And you have to you have to think that they have, you know, a new Dragon Age coming. That's probably the next in the line for what would be coming out. I don't know how long. <laughs> See, okay, that that is also you know it may have been already in the process of for them to figure it out. But that always bugs me when you have a company that's like has success with something then two failures and they say well let's go back to the thing that worked then <laughs> it's like well, you're gonna just drive the thing that w- worked into the ground if you don't really fix the problem i know well and i i worry i guess that that's what happens is because yeah like they're gonna think like well dragon age was successful and it still has like relatively like really good hype with the the community uh off of Inquisition, but also it's kind of time for Dragon Age anyway. Like in the cycle, they did Mass Effect, they did their new IP. Dragon Age has probably been in talks for a while. Who knows where it's at in development, if it's even in development yet. Uh, But I would imagine that was next in line by default. Uh, But they're probably already looking at that as like, if they are looking to make another game and not shut down uh, because of low numbers and stuff, I would imagine they're looking at that as you know, this is this is do or die time, guys. And I worry for the studio and the development team even more if they can't get their act together because it's going to be mega crunch if they don't have a good leadership team in place. Yeah. And I, I man, I, I'm so dis, I'm so sad that it's Bioware because some of my favorite games of the past few years have been out of Bioware. Um, yeah. Maybe not past few years, but past long time. Uh, mm. I even Andromeda like was, you know, there's there's tons to hate on about it, but it's it is a Bioware game, and it they do some things that like nobody else does um, when it comes to story and when it comes to world building. It's just it's really a unique type of developer. Yeah. Well, I think we've been going for quite a while uh, yeah. this this week. Um, ironically, we didn't we weren't sure if we were going to have enough to talk about for more than an hour, and we went almost an hour and a half. So, Brian, as you fly back from Budapest and you're listening to this, um, hopefully it makes your flight just a little bit shorter because <laughs> that really sucks of a long flight. Yeah, and if you need um, another hour and a half, just go read that article. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. If you need your slow reader, Brian, so go ahead and read that article. Um, but really, truly, Brian, it is a very good article. Um, but anyways, I hope you all have a great epic week. Uh, tell a friend about the show. Give us a rating review. Follow us on Twitter, whatever you want to do. And thanks for hanging out with us. And until next time. See you next week. 